There's a better way to make video ads, specifically the ones that drive performance on every screen in the home. QuickFrame by Bowden has hacked the production process to deliver a faster, more efficient way to produce high-quality video at scale thanks to their curated network of creators eager to bring your brand's vision to life. If you're ready to iterate and improve on your campaigns mid-flight, creating a feedback loop of video data to take your ads to new heights, then you're ready for QuickFrame. Visit QuickFrame.com and get started today. What's the next big thing in TV advertising? Shoppable ads and first-to-market partnerships. On this episode of Uncommon Thinking, taken from Advertising Week New York 2022, learn how leading brands are making streaming TV a commerce platform today. We hope you enjoy this episode. I'm with Walmart Connect and I lead our strategic partnerships where we focus on innovation and bringing new meaningful customer touch points to our advertisers. And so one of the exciting partnerships we're really excited about is with Roku. Hey, good morning everyone. My name is Hugh Scallon. I had a video activation with VaynerMedia, been with the agency for a little over a year and really excited to be here and thank you to Roku for inviting me. I'm Lung Wong. Uh, I am with Mars, um, specifically Mars Pet Care, where I look after their data, where we look at uh, creating customer experiences from wherever we meet customers or service customers. Uh, yep. Great. All right. Well, let's just jump right into it. So, what do you guys think the opportunity is when we talk about shoppable advertising on the big screen on, on television? Yeah, I think traditionally for retail media, it's really performance-driven, tend to be a little bit more lower funnel, while CTV is a lot of times viewed as upper funnel and more brand awareness. And so really excited about this TV commerce opportunity because it kind of bridges the gap between the two and um, provides that opportunity to marry shoppability with streaming. And so with retail media, we want to help advertisers with better reach their customers and then also understand their impact of their investment. Yeah, I think it's a fascinating time to be in this business. We have TVs becoming more digital. As that happens, more digital characteristics come to television. And I think that creates tailwinds for people that have been practicing in the space. I look at it simply as sort of two vectors coming together. From a linear TV standpoint, we have a well-established shoppable TV industry, right? So Lester Wonderman introduced direct marketing in the 1970s. So we have 50 years of history 
moving this way into what we're talking about today. And then we have a tremendous amount of energy within Core Digital around shoppable, uh, shoppable activations within social. So we have brands on that side of the spectrum moving to the center. So I think it's a really interesting kind of dual movement that you guys are enabling. totally new approach to partnership at Walmart Connect. And it really is a test and learn where we are collaborating together with advertisers as well as partners like yourself to really create this culture of experimentation. And so we're really excited to include Roku in this partnership, um, especially since uh, we've had such deep relationships with Roku, between Roku and Walmart. And we know CTV is just a growing space and there's so much excitement with the advertiser in this space. And then finally, your willingness to innovate together just really makes this a perfect fit. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more with that. So what do you guys think, this is for everyone, Long, maybe you, you want to start here. If, um, you know, what do you guys think the biggest challenges for retail media and, and streaming in general when we talk about, um, you know, whether it's First-party data, closed loop measurement. What are what are the challenges in streaming? Well, I, I definitely think that you know we're in the early days of, uh, as you mentioned, your partnership. But you know, one of the key things here is we're getting more access to the consumer in a wide, a wide variety of channels than we ever had before, and so that's a very exciting portion. We don't know what the adoption will be yet. So you know, at Mars we have a wide portfolio of Ben's Original Rice, Mars Wrigley Confectionery, Kind Bars, and pet nutritional products. And when you look at it, we're going to start learning what is the customer journey on some of these platforms and adding on streaming, I think does have the potential. It may be just on the new trial, or it may be winbacks. I, but I think as over time, those are the things that we'll be kind of looking for to see how does this category and channel mature over time so we can actually reach those customers when they want it. You know, we talk all the time in VaynerMedia about complexity. Right, this is, uh, it's easier for us on the stage to sort of map this out, you know, on a single slide or what have you. But I think, you know, for the average CMO to try to imagine the Lumascape is now part of your daily existence. The complexity is hard. It's not rocket science, but it's getting awfully close. It takes a coalition of partners. You really need an agency who's uh, sort of a digital Sherpa, if you will. And you almost need a decoder ring into where this space is going. Because you have to break, the, because you have to break it down and figure out what is my go-to-market strategy with Roku and Walmart Connect, as opposed to taking the Lumiscape and picking 20 or 30 of them all at once? Yeah, definitely creates lots of complexity, but also, again, that room for innovation as we're working through it and also um, as our consumers are engaging with the new experiences as well. So, um, Lung, maybe you want to talk a little bit about how Mars Pet Care and the category is using data to really help your brands grow. Well, we're uh, 
We're very fortunate at Mars because uh, many people don't know, we're vertically integrated. We're one of the world's largest uh, pet professionals, so we're the one of the world's largest vet companies. So through our brands of Banfield and VCA and Blue Pearl, these are, uh, have over, in the US, have over 5,500 locations. So we're seeing a lot of people and their pet owners every day. In the last few years, many of you have actually acquired a new pet. And so you became the pet parent that you never thought you might have uh, to the tune of one out of every eight Americans last year uh, um, acquired a pet. So within our data sets, we see a lot within our vet businesses, as well as our nutritional products such as Roacanin and Pedigree. But we also are uh, a leading provider of genetics and IoT devices. So from care to nutrition, we're seeing a lot of how does your pet um, behave, what behaviors it may have, and what are the need states. And so that's really how we use data. And we try to extend that out there. Because at each life stage, whether or not it's a puppy and you don't know what, how, really how to handle the puppy, to the later stages, such as a senior stage, when it may not be as mobile as it used to be. There's different points where we can actually interject ourselves to provide uh, information for our um, pet owners. And so that's where we really try to leverage this data and then speak to them on the platforms that they want. And so as um, most of the pet ownership was younger, the millennial generation is actually the largest generation of pet ownership, and that was pre-pandemic, and it was only accelerated. And there's actually more uh, pet households than there are human households. And if you think about that, most of us, uh, if we're lucky enough, our children leave at, at 18. So uh, <laughs> after those 18 years, more than likely you'll acquire the pets. So that's how we kind of leverage it. And the more we can connect to platforms such as like Roku or, or Walmart here, uh, that, the better, right? actually shrinking the, the distance between ourselves and the consumers to what they see or hear is all the better. Yeah, and I can attest, um, I, uh, I have a nine-year-old dog now that spent a lot of time early on figuring out what, what to do with him as a puppy, and that was the first time I had had a dog, and I'm sure um, I could have definitely used probably Mars pet hair's help early on um, with figuring <laughs> out all of the chewing and so Jenna, maybe you want to elaborate on how Walmart Connect is helping advertisers and how advertisers are, are using um, you guys today and, and as well as Connected TV. Yeah, so data is kind of at the core of everything we do. So as America's number one Omni retailer with over 4,700 stores and uh, 150 million shoppers visiting us every week, we know a lot about how America shops and that is kind of how we're helping brands and advertisers be able to connect with Walmart shoppers and then also be able to understand their impact, whether their campaign is online, in-store, or off-site with us. And so CTV, of course, is a really exciting category with a lot of growth and interest, and so that is one area that we're seeing a lot of interest from advertisers. Biggest and the largest screen in the home um, is 
is creative, and it's really important that the creative stands out as well. Um, so, Hugh, curious your your point of view, and yeah. you know, historically where we've come from, from a, a creative perspective on the television, and maybe you can can provide your perspective there. No, thank you. I mean, at VaynerMedia, we sit at a really interesting juncture, um, founder-led independent, fully integrated agencies. So we have creative, media, analytics. Uh, we believe in a volume model. So we call it the Vayner volume model. So from a creative standpoint, we approach streaming TV knowing that brand is best built in social to begin with. So we like to produce a significant amount of creative for every social channel native, paid, owned, and earned on a daily basis. Okay, so with that as a baseline, how do you approach streaming? Can we take a brand from two to 100 TV commercials in a year? Uh, is that heresy or is that doable? Uh, it may take technology, we have to bring down the cost of creative, but that's one of the places that we begin. If you think about it top down, the Vayner Value model is about how, how could we open up the aperture for the amount of creative, for example, that Mars would run on TV, and can you work with partners to test the efficacy? I would say working bottoms up, one of the most interesting things is we just did a project with Roku two weeks ago uh, Gary Vaynerchuk has an NFT project called VFriends, and there is currently a launch and rollout of a line of plushy toys based on um, good characteristics for kids at the holidays around empathy. And so the brief that I received was VFriends is going to be available at Macy's. And of course we're going to blow that out in social, but we were able to work with Roku OneView and lean in and do shoppable commerce TV advertising with Roku, testing out QR codes, click to remote, you know, so I think we're really kind of in a brave new world of taking smaller projects and leaning into connected TV and seeing how it works. Super, super exciting to think about how yeah. the, the shift from, uh, that's happening that we're seeing and, and I think of commerce early days when we think about digital advertising has primarily been on the social. Um, in the social world, and there's been a lot of focus on creating specific social, um, you know, creative that speaks to each individual user. But then it's also backed and powered by data as well. Not only from, like, you know, the the, the targeting aspect, of mm -hmm. course, but also the data on the back end of every click, every um, interaction. How does, you know, what is that consumer behavior and um, again, through those partnerships like we have, we're going to be able to tell that, which could then, you know, fuel better, you know, creative as well as understanding how how creative is performing on the shoppable experience on the largest screen in the home, back into in-store and online sales, which is which is pretty cool. Which I'm sure is something that Mars is really excited about. Yeah, I mean, I, I, as you guys kind of mentioned, you know, it, uh, for some of us in the early days of programmatic, it kind of feels that way where we're at right now. This is early days of display. And I think the more partnerships we kind of see in this, we can narrow it because, you know, in the early 2000s, it's all about mass media, right? You had your TVs, your radios, newsprint, whatnot. Then we got into programmatic and we really started focusing on targeting, right? I'm going to target these people. But now it's a little bit different. It kind of morphed itself into a community. And so, you know, we want to speak to pet uh, parents out there and make a better world for pets. So what community can, can be really brought? And I think that's really where we're looking for um, partnerships like this, where you can really narrow the focus. Maybe there is a new community within Bravo, right? 
Uh, so whatever the case may be, you name whatever uh, cable streaming platform there is. But we're now, it's not only episodic anymore. We're not just doing these episodic uh, campaigns. This is a full strategy that's always on that goes from the puppy stage to the end. Sorry for all the pet references. <laughs> for the guy with the pet picture up People there as well. People love pets. Yes, everyone loves pets. <laughs> and everyone should love Fritzy because she's an <laughs> awesome dog. and Lung here. Um, the CTV landscape, as we know we're talking about, is, is evolving and, and seemingly very complex. So how are you guys you know, navigating it between you know, Mars and as well as Vayner and talking to your advertising partners about, about this? And you mentioned the Lumascape yeah. and it's complex. And I know yeah. prior to this, we've had lots of conversations around you know, um, talking to your advertisers about what's happening. What do you guys, um, what's your perspective there? Well, um, I, I think what, uh, from the brand side, I think that you see an enormous change where you used to have the traditional CMO, right? And it used to be a little bit more uh, settled. Now you have a lot more chief growth officers, and I think that's really where you not only have to know data, but you have to know technology. And I think really when the old Lumiscapes were there, it was a little bit more manageable. But now this day and age, you really have to understand a little bit more because your access to things is so much greater. And I think that's, that's really what has changed over the years is that, you know, how does a new platform, because, you know, over time there's been so many that comes in there. But I think that one of the things I've seen on the brand side is a lot of it coming to the brand themselves because you may have an agency who tells you great stuff, but it's nice to have a back and forth conversation. Because really around that, that, there's some complexities that you have to get the, the teams on board. I'm sure you guys have to do a lot of explaining. But until you have somebody of a practitioner that's been around in it, it's very hard for them to distill it, unfortunately. Yeah, I would say two things. Again, I would go first bottoms up. Um, when Gary Vaynerchuk was developing the VFriends toy, we shot a commercial on an iPhone in his office, and we uploaded it on OneView within about 15 minutes. So you have to just test and learn and lean in. It's so easy to make and upload commercials and run them and check the results. So that was kind of an aha moment. We're like, maybe we can add more, you know, we can do more of this. Um, but you know, from a top-down standpoint, we have to break this down in elements or forces, right? And so one of the things that the agency that we talk about is this notion of TV 3.0. So to demystify streaming, it's the TV that we know, it's the TV that's becoming more digital. And frankly, we haven't covered this, it's the degree to which a lot of audiences view TikTok and YouTube and Snap as TV on their phones for hours a day. So when you think about that element, look at the four corners of video, right? OLV, social, t linear TV, connected TV. That center of gravity is shifting post-pandemic. Um, there's not going to be a regression to the mean. This is where we are. You know, it's going to involve. So you have to work with partners to think about how are you going to triangulate the role of creative? Do you have enough creative? for all those uh, forms of video. The role of analytics, we've been talking about, that's part of the reason why we're here. Uh, and then the role of media, you know, the role of biddable channels and having, there, you know, this decade, television will probably look more like Facebook towards the end of the decade. I think that's a fascinating development for the TV industry. Absolutely agree. So um, we're running low on time, so I wanted to um, end with this kind of let's wrap this conversation up a little bit speed and we'll round. take questions. <laughs> speed round. Um, and so, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so 
What do you guys predict TV commerce and the evolution of it over the next five years? Who wants to go first? <laughs> well, technology and consumer trends are changing so quickly that it's really hard to make a stake in the ground and say this is exactly where it's going. Um, but I do think TV commerce is super exciting. I think some of the questions we may want to think about is in this economic environment, especially if it can continues, Will we see consumer behaviors change back to where they're spending more time at home again and maybe spending more time on their TV? And so does shopping that they're doing turn into not big purchases, but maybe smaller luxuries and you know, crossing that between when they're watching TV and shopping could become a really exciting opportunity. I should use my business school training and start with the data and the consumer. Uh, one of the things I like to point to, there's a great e-marketer chart about 2025, there's a, there's a line that's going to cross, right? So the number of pay TV homes or pay TV users and the number of non-pay TV homes, non-pay TV users. So we're sitting on the precipice of a market environment. We're gonna have more sort of digital IP driven TV viewers than analog traditional viewers. That critical mass should open up opportunities for brands, for consumers, uh, for data, for learning. So like once you get to a majority non-linear landscape, I think you're going to see more people come out of the woodwork off the fence. Uh, it'll be like you know five, six years ago with social. Just brands come in, look at it as foundational. I think that's where we'll be probably in 2025. I love that. Yeah. I love foundational. Foundational. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I think uh, it looks promising. I think as anything, I think that there's going to be a chunk that's going to be in-store. There's going to be stuff that's delivery. There's going to be online. And this commerce portion, and I think really the potential in how high it really goes is how easy is it really to adopt. Because you know, you, you think about how easy can you make it. As soon as I see it, I want to buy it, and it's done. But then if we start putting in all these extra steps, oh, well, you have to register. You have to put this. And then, then the consumer will give up. So the behaviors is really up to you guys, right? And that's the best part is that we'll leave it up to you guys to figure this all out. But the easier it is, from it goes from a thought and, and uh, convenience to actually having the product, I think is all the better. And so, as you wonderful people think about that, I think that's really where this goes, and that's how high your ceiling can be. So, to kind of just wrap our conversation up, lots of complexity ahead, and we're very early days in kind of discovering how this offering and, and, and product will, will, you know, grow. And we're seeing lots of great, um, great things coming out early on in early days. Um, and so lots of more to come. There's gonna be lots of testing when it comes to creative, the use of data and the insights and how can we optimize quickly, how can we optimize more longer term to get that stronger LTV. Um, and so lots of fun opportunities ahead, but certainly complex and challenging ones. Um, so we have uh, a little bit of time for questions. Um, so if you haven't yet already, so the lights are bright, I can't see everyone. Um, I know there was a QR code on the screen earlier. You can submit those questions. I think we can also ask some live, and they're a little bit small, so I'm going to have to read it. I think I see a question there. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Um, so Jenna and Lindsay, this question is for you guys. Um, you guys are obviously a part of two big, very big uh, organizations, and you've talked a lot about uh, the benefits of working together, the benefits of what those partnerships look like for your clients. But, you know, practically speaking, as we're all trying to understand and wrap our head around what this 
streaming, shoppable commerce experience is. Can you tell us or point to a program maybe that you've developed as far as what that program entailed and what it looked like? And when I say what it looked like, what, it look, what did it look like to Joe Guy sitting on the couch? Do you want to? Let me get that. Yeah, so I think you'll start to see some of these experiences coming this holiday, but um, as a Joe Guy's watching your screen in between your shows, you know, the pre-roll, you'll see an ad, you'll be able to, um, there'll be a layover call to action for you to use a remote to engage. And so you actually, with a couple clicks, you're able to pr complete the purchase on screen. And so it's super easy, especially if you have Roku Pay already enabled. And so it's kind of a, a fun experience that is, fast and easy and shouldn't be too disruptive to the viewing experience. Yeah, so we're currently in very early stages. We're in a closed beta right now. So we'll have more results to share at a later time. All right. Question. Oh, we're actually out of time. I'm so sorry. Thanks for listening. For more content like this, be sure to check out Advertising Week's ever-growing network of podcasts for the advertising, marketing, and technology industries at www.advertisingweek.com. How do you make video ads that aren't expensive and time-consuming? You make them with QuickFrame by Mountain. Their solution has facilitated more than 65,000 on-brand video ads designed for creativity, audience specificity, and data-driven testing, hijacking the benefits of massive creator marketplaces and funneling them into a highly curated network of expert video professionals. They've made it easy to quickly and efficiently produce video ads for any use case and every platform. Visit quickframe.com to learn more.